Hello and welcome to Authentically Alongside. I'm your host, Sarah Nishimoto. And I'm Emily Kallenberg, coming alongside Sarah. This podcast exists as a way to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. We want to come alongside you authentically, sharing our lives and hope in Jesus. Hello and welcome back to Authentically Alongside. I am Sarah. And I'm Emily. This week, with Mother's Day approaching, Sarah and I wanted to offer a word of encouragement. So many of our listeners are mothers or fathers, and mom is one of the most important titles that both Sarah and I hold. So today, we want to encourage you moms and dads, I guess, while also offering you a challenge as we walk in this important job that God has entrusted us with. And also, whether you're a biological mother or father, I'm sure you have children younger people looking up to you. And so this applies to you as well, um, just to be that leader and to show the love of God to those around you. So a couple of years ago, I was at a prayer meeting with my son, Noah, and he really wanted me to pray out loud (laughs) during the meeting. So several other people were praying out loud. So I told him I would wait until nobody else was praying. Eventually, there was a quiet moment. And he leaned over to me and he whispered, now is your chance, mommy. So Noah is seriously the funniest and cutest (laughs) kid I've ever met. Um, I got the privilege of being Noah's children's director and he just made me so happy. (laughs) And I love every Noah story I get to hear. So there are so many of them. Good ones. They're great. They're amazing. So uh, obviously in that moment, he was just telling me I had the opportunity to pray out loud, but in my heart, those words reached deeper and I knew they meant more and they were a call to action. Mm. I honestly don't remember if I even prayed at that prayer meeting because I was just so taken aback by those words. Oftentimes I found that God pierces my heart with the words spoken by my children in their complete innocence. It sounds definitely like those were words from God, not yeah, Noah. Not Noah. <laughs> So I spent some time processing those words, and for a while, I still wasn't too sure what that deeper meaning was. Um, But then a while later, I was asked to speak on Mother's Day, and so I knew that the message needed to be titled, Now's Your Chance, Mommy. So not long after I had decided that I was going to share that message, my son came home upset about something that had happened at school. And as he was sharing with me, and I was trying to process how to respond, those words came back into my mind. Mm. Now's your chance, mommy. And it sent shivers down my spine because at that moment, I realized the deeper meaning, the deeper meaning that those words held. In that moment, I had the opportunity to show my son the love of Jesus and teach him the commands of God. I love this so much. So often as parents, I think we get wrapped up in all the mundane tasks of every day. Uh, We changed the diapers, although I can happily say (laughs) with my youngest being seven that we are far out of that stage. (laughs) Thank goodness. Um, But we we change diapers, we clean up from breakfast, make sure the kids have outfits that at least somewhat match, check the homework or sometimes forget to check the homework. We 100% did homework in the seven minutes while we were waiting for the bus to come this morning. (laughs) It's May. It happened this week to us. (laughs) And we taxi kids from one activity to the next. We can grow to dread these tasks or even resent them. I remember sometimes when my kids were little, just thinking, all I do is 
change diapers, nurse, feed kids, clean up their messes, mm-hmm. and sleep. And and I did sometimes kind of become a little resentful and yeah. be like, I just don't want to change another diaper today. Um, but we can feel like there's no value in these little moments. But it's in these little moments where if we slow down and pay attention, God meets us and provides big opportunities for us to show God's tangible love to our kids. So now is our chance. And it doesn't have to be some big elaborate plan that involves detailed Bible study and a reading plan. I think sometimes when we think about discipling our kids, we think it has to be something that's organized and um, is a program, 30 minutes Mm -hmm. of prayer each night. But it is simply us showing up with the love of God, sharing truth into each moment. You're so right, Emily. I think we just overcomplicate things mm-hmm. a lot of times. Well, and I think we overcomp- We think it needs to be something perfect. Yeah. And then we don't do anything mm-hmm. where just the little things are what make the biggest impact. And, and it doesn't have to be daunting. Yeah. In one of my textbooks um, when I was in school, Dr. Jerry Lawrence says, parents bear the responsibility for the spiritual growth and development of their children. Parents are first to know and love God themselves, and then they are to teach his commands to their children during the daily rhythms of life. Yes, the time we spend at church teaching is important, no doubt, but it cannot compare to the day-to-day hour by hour and minute by minute learning opportunities that happen as a part of everyday life. So a few years ago, I attended the D6 conference, which was in Florida. It was beautiful. I would love, (laughs) feel like I need to do that again. (laughs) But D6 conference is a family ministry conference that is based on the scripture of Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. When we were preparing this podcast, both Sarah and I both had this scripture, um, scripture in there to share. So I'm going to share it. It changed from purple to teal. (laughs) I took it. (laughs) Um, But the Lord gives his people this command. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So at the conference, I bought a t-shirt that on the front said one over 168. Now I got asked all the time about this Mm t-shirt. Every time I wore it, people would be like, what does one over 168 mean? And on the back, it said, it's not enough. So often as parents, we let the church be the main place that our kids learn about God. But the reality is that in a week with 168 hours, that's where the 168 Mm -hmm. comes from. There's 168 hours in each week. Our kids probably spend one or two hours at church. And realistically, half of that is playing games and eating snacks, which... Um, is a super important part of ministry to kids. It in is. fact, you know, the fact that my kids get popsicles at church is probably <laughs> the main reason it they keep them going. <laughs> <keeps> them going. <laughs> and, and if we're honest too, I think adults appreciate those things too. Um, but one or two hours at church each week, or more likely twice per month, which is how often the average church going American family attends church. That small amount of time is unlikely to impart the life 
transforming faith that I want my kids to carry with them. We have to take our part at home with the other 166 or 167 hours per week and live out and share authentic faith with our kids. As parents, we have this large responsibility to just make the most of those day-to-day moments Mm -hmm. with our children, leading them to know and love God more and more. But to do this, we have to know and love God ourselves first, right? Yes. Um, So when the command found in Deuteronomy 6 was first given, the Jewish people put this into practice by wearing phylacteries and nailing a mezuzah on their doorpost. Phylacteries are these small boxes that held parchment with scriptures on them. They were fastened to the forehead or hand with leather straps. And the mezuzah was a small container holding a passage of scripture that was nailed to a doorpost. So they had these physical reminders of scripture. They were um, there in the house and they carried them with them. Not only did they carry the commands of God with them, the people around them were aware of their desire to follow the Lord. I love this. I just love when I get visual pictures (laughs) of things from scripture, just seeing phylactery boxes, just imagining what that might look like. And, you know, just in my, my mind, it goes weird places sometimes. And <laughs> I'm like, what if we brought back the phylactery box, Sarah? Because <laughs> really, we all need a physical reminder of the commands God has given us mm-hmm. to carry. Um, so slight tangent, because it's fun. Last week, my daughter was talking about how much she hates learning vocabulary. Like I said, this is totally unrelated. But she told me how she hates learning words that she's never actually going to use in regular conversation. And as a good mom does, I told her that she'd be surprised at how many of these words she would find to be the perfect word to Hmm. use at times. So fast forward to just a couple days ago, um, I was having uh, lunch with my with my girls and my daughter drops to the word overmorrow casually in a sentence to mean the day after tomorrow. Um, so I asked her if she seriously just used the word overmorrow, um, a vocab word in a sentence. One that really, I mean, no one in this generation <laughs> uses the word overmorrow. Oh, I don't know. I might start using it now. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> I, it was good. But I loved her response. Um, she said, I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing back overmorrow. <laughs> I'm going to make it so everyone is saying overmorrow. I just love her confidence. <laughs> so, like overmorrow, I think we should bring back the phylactery box, Sarah. <laughs> you you can go first, Emily. <laughs> so, Emily, though, the, the beautiful thing that today those outward symbols are written on our hearts. We don't need them we on our, we don't need them on our heads. We don't, but you can. I do have that verse on my, on my wall in my mm-hmm. bedroom so that when I wake up in the morning, it's a, a reminder, like that passage that my, my call first and foremost mm-hmm. is to love the Lord with all my heart and to share it with my kids. Yeah. Uh, Hebrews 8.10 says, This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. So under the new covenant, God wants his commands to be written in our hearts and in our minds. So as we walk about and as people enter our homes, it should be evident that the word of God is on display. Mm -hmm. So as parents, we need to first know what it is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength before we can impress that upon our children. 
we do this by things that we've talked about on this podcast before, mm-hmm. uh, spending time with God in scriptures, prayer, worship, practicing the spiritual disciplines, seeking a mentor, fellowshipping with other believers. I also love Colossians 3.16, which says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. When we allow the message of Christ to dwell within us, beautiful things start to happen. When we model an authentic walk with Jesus, too, this is the absolutely best thing that we can do for our kids. The way they see us live speaks so much louder than anything that we say to them. It gives validity to the words that we speak when we point them to Jesus if we actually live them out. We can only point our kids to Jesus if they see us going to Jesus to help us make it through our days because our kids are, they're not dumb. They, they know when we're being truthful, when we're being honest. And if we encourage our kids to follow Jesus, but we ourselves live only for ourselves, our kids are going to see that. And our lives, our lives are going to help develop their view of God and their view of faith. And I want to follow Jesus, but it makes the stakes so much higher when I know that my kids are watching me and I want to follow Jesus so that my kids can see his goodness. Mm -hmm. So it pushes me even more to do these things because I want them to see that this faith, this faith thing is real and that my life is changing because God is transforming me. So this means our kids need to see us with our Bibles open. So when I was a young mom, I felt like I needed to have time away from my kids to spend with God, which is still my preferred way. (laughs) But when our kids are little and with us all the time, that's just not always an option. And I'll confess that I had more days that I just didn't open my Bible because it didn't feel like there was time or space for it. Or I felt like, well, it's not worth it because I'm not alone. My kids are here. there's too much noise and too much chaos in my days. I didn't feel like waking up earlier was really an option either because I knew I didn't function well when I was tired. So I just went about my days. I wish now that I had realized that God would meet me in the middle of my chaos. He could meet me and help me through the days when I gave him just a little bit of time, even if it was with kids all around me. And a few minutes throughout the day to read a verse and call out to God. That's what we need. And this feeds our kids too. When they see us in the word, when they interrupt our prayer time, they see that our faith matters. And then we can draw them in and include them in these little moments of our days. Um, And it shows them what it looks like to follow Jesus. So Sarah, what does living out your faith look like in your house? So one way we do this is... um through just having several Bible verses on display. And you'll often hear worship music playing. I I do get up earlier to read my Bible. Um, I do so my too. Kids don't all, they yeah. don't always see me, but they know. Yeah. They know that's what I do every morning and they, they see me spending that time with God. Um, but when your kids get up at five, like oh, I had when my kids were little, I had one that would <laughs> right. often get up at five. Like, Mm-hmm. I'm not getting up before five. Right. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> so, so those verses and the music and the Bible reading or the scriptures, um, the note cards, 
they serve as reminders to fix our minds on Jesus. In fact, a while ago, I had Philippians 4.8 on a letter board, and one day I looked at it to find several letters were missing. <laughs> and initially, I was so upset, and I really wanted to give the perpetrator a good talking to. But then I remembered what the verse says. <laughs> whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I realized that what I was thinking about, the rearranging of the letter board, did not fall under any of those whatevers. I love this story. And it's isn't this just how God works? Mm -hmm. um, but it helps us put things in perspective. Like, mm -hmm. it it was, you know, our, our hearts there were about the wrong that was done, right? right? Like, you shouldn't have messed with my stuff. <laughs> but when you Kids. look at be messing with your stuff <laughs> they all, sure do all the time. <laughs> but the words in that verse mm -hmm. is the reminder yep. it probably drew it to your attention yeah. that much more um but i also love that you mentioned worship music so we do this in our house as well and i feel like it really sets the tone mm. of our home and our car my car yep. too it always has the worship music but my son recently was having trouble falling asleep and he thought playing some music might help now this is not something new. He often will play music at night, but um, usually it's his Pokemon album, <laughs> which I don't know how anybody can sleep to that with, you know, the lyrics of got to catch them all running through, <laughs> through the room. Um, but instead he asked if I could put on the playlist I usually have playing in the morning. So they don't usually make big comments on it. Um, the music playing, but he thought that the worship music would help him sleep. And I love that the hours and hours, the endless days where it seems like nothing is really making a difference. And you see just a little hint of fruit, something that has sunk into their hearts where he saw that when I was stressed or worried that I would turn on the worship music. And when he was stressed and worried and unable to sleep, his response then was let's turn on the worship music. Yeah. I, that's so valuable. Just living our lives again, letting our kids see mm -hmm. how we handle things mm -hmm. and um, making sure that we're turning to God to handle the things. Recently, too, my my daughter has had trouble sleeping, too. And so we started with I wrote a lot of Bible verses down mm -hmm. on note cards for her, like um, I'll lay down in perfect peace. And and now we pray together every night before bed and just that's our habit now. And she, it's just really neat to see how that's like our go-to now. And that's how we deal with problems. And, you know, thankfully I was able to show that to her and I modeled it myself. I and love that. That's how we, that's how we model mm -hmm. our faith and use those little moments to, to pass that faith on. It's not, it's not about, having our kids read through the whole Bible in a year. Mm -hmm. Like I can barely do that myself. Mm -hmm. My 10 year old is just not mm -hmm. going to do that. Although shout out to the action Bible makes it something that awesome. my kid actually wants to read. So yeah. it's just those little, those little things, they really do make a difference mm -hmm. and taking responsibility for our own spiritual growth. And for that of our children, it can seem pretty intimidating. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my son when he had had a hard day at school. God is with you. And 2 Peter 1, 3, a verse we shared before, his divine power 
has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Thank goodness we cannot and are not expected to do this on our own, but we have his divine power, which gives us everything we need. And motherhood is such a challenge. It has been one of the most refining things in my life. God has used it to show me where I need to grow, and motherhood has forced me to trust God all the more. I know that I can't do this on my own, at least not in a way that honors God. I need God every day to help raise my kids because he is really the one that they need. I have doubted God on so many occasions, believing the lie that I am not the parent that my kids need. But God didn't make a mistake. He gave me my kids to raise because he knew that I was the mom that they needed. So if you are doubting today or feeling like you are not enough to parent your kids well, remember that God has given us everything we need through his power. And when our power is not enough, we can let God work through our weaknesses. In the book, Risen Motherhood, Emily and Laura, not quite as cool as Emily and Sarah, but I agree. Um, (laughs) They say the Holy Spirit provides what you need to be patient, kind, loving, long-suffering, faithful, and gentle towards your husband, children, and others around you. He allows you to see that motherhood isn't just made up of a long days and tedious work. Motherhood is made up of a million tiny moments for worship. And when we're in the middle and we're in the thick of that motherhood, when the laundry piles up, the dishes spill over the sink, the kids are sick, math homework is hard, we're basically a taxi service, (laughs) we don't always see those tiny, million tiny moments. No. But now's your chance, Mommy. Now's your chance to seize those million tiny moments in your days for worship. Tell your children about God when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So just... To be clear, this message has been for me and Emily as much as it yes. is for you listening. We're not perfect mothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've missed many opportunities to worship God and teach our children his ways. And I'm sure that we will miss many more. But when those opportunities present themselves, we hope that all of us will remember, now's your chance, mommy. And if you're listening to this and think, man, maybe I've missed my chance, My kids are teenagers now, or I've missed so many opportunities. We don't want you to sit in shame. Um, We want you to know that God can use what you do Mm -hmm. now. Even if your kids are heading to college, it's not too late for us to start to share what God has done. Now is the perfect time to start. We can't spend our time looking back at what we could have done differently, but we can start today to take those small moments to worship God and show our kids who God is. Definitely. God is a God of redemption Mm -hmm. and restoration, and he can redeem those mistakes that we feel like we've made. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as we close, we just want to share this priestly blessing found in number 624 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. As you impress the teachings of God upon your children, may you be blessed. Now's your chance, Mommy. That's right. And happy Mother's Day to all of our wonderful mothers out there. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Authentically Alongside. We hope this was an encouragement to you as we walk together towards Jesus.